Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Relative Pitch, another fabulous episode because we're speaking it into an existence, just like, you know, we're in that uh, pre-screen recording era of everybody's year, so you need to speak it into existence if you want to get in somewhere, you know, I'm just putting that out there in the universe. We have the amazing, fabulous, fantastic person, Dr. Luke Spence with us. He is the visiting assistant professor of trumpet at SUNY Potsdam, the Crane School of Music, and he's on the a founding board member of the International Pride Orchestra, which is amazing. And if you don't know it, then now you should. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm oh, I'm very tired, but I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Honestly, <laughs> as we said before we got on here, we fight into Thanksgiving. Like once we get there, we're going to eat. We're going to eat. We're going to eat. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. If for our audience members who don't know you, of course, we all need to know you. So this is our chance to get to know you. Yeah. Um, well, uh, my name is Luke Spence, Dr. Luke Spence, if you're nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yeah, as, as Michael said, I'm, I'm the visiting assistant professor at the Crane School of Music at SUNY Potsdam. Um, I've, uh, this is my second year, so it's a relatively new position, um, but I'm absolutely loving it. And, um, yeah, uh, founding board of directors member for the International Pride Orchestra. It's another, it's a, you know, relatively new organization. Uh, we had our sort of kickoff year, inaugural year last year in San Francisco. And we've got some pretty exciting news about the coming year. We're going to be in New York City. Um, so that's all in the planning stages. We're going to announce that. And it's going to be huge. It's going to be legendary. We're going to love it. Um, what else do I do? I don't know. I'm doing a recital tour right now um, as part of the International Pride Orchestra's newly launched reci- artist recital series. Gosh, that's a mouthful. Um, and the title of the recital is Wouldn't That Be Queer? Uh, reframing the traditional narrative. And that's where I take a bunch of straight shit and make it gay. Um <laughs> Okay. That, is. As that is what it is, kind of. Yeah, as 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 one does, as one should, um, doing the Lord's work, as we know. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just here living my best life, um, playing trumpet, doing gay shit, and um, just trying to bring my artistry to the world. I mean, if you're not doing that, you're not being a real trumpet player. But anyway, so. <laughs> talk about that. You know, trumpet playing, gays. You know. When you think of, I guess, a stereotypical uh, trumpet player, one would not assume, because, you know, when you're in middle school, the trumpet players were always the ones who were like the jocks or something like that. You know, the cool people. I know y'all think y'all cool, but, you know. I, I am. Would disagree. Oh, I know I'm not. I know I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot not back me up like that, Okay. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you, you want to be the prima donna. It's okay. It's okay. We love you. We love you. We love you. But so how was your journey? You know, you know, when you first started trumpet, when, first, when did you start trumpet? Let's start with there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of, uh, a good segue into, um, you know, the, the trumpet culture, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, and you know what, you brought something up, which is like, I, I switched to trumpet to sort of, uh, blend in a little bit more because I started out playing the flute and as a yeah I know yes Lauren um, as a as a little uh, you know I, I didn't I didn't know um, what my sexuality was at the time you know I, uh, uh, but I, I I didn't I don't think I really understood that I just knew that I was a little different and I didn't want to stick out 
Um, so I started out playing flute. I did that for a couple of months. I mean, I was awful. I was so bad. So it worked out uh, because I, I switched to trumpet. And I was much better at trumpet. Um, but I really wanted to play flute and I would get made fun of um, uh, quite a bit. And I was the only boy. Um, so obviously, you know, um, as someone who didn't want to uh, stick out in the wrong way, um, you know, someone who kind of wanted to conform and, and blend in. Um, I switched to the trumpet, the jock instrument, um, which, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely um, one of the more, I, I don't know, there's, there's just, just not a, a ton of gays playing the trumpet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, uh, I, you know, that's sort of what I'm, I'm trying to change. And, and the more, you know, the more I become myself, the more comfortable I become, become the more comfortable I, I am expressing my own femininity, um, you know, wearing heels on stage and, and all that stuff. I'm like, this, this needs to be more visible um, because I know that there are a bunch of young trumpet players that are maybe feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and so if I can, if I can help someone become more comfortable, then I think that's great. But, yeah. So I started out, I started out playing the flute um, and then I was like, Ooh, uh, nope, maybe, maybe I should switch. And then I did that, but I, I really do think it was the right choice. Um, it was the right instrument for me in that I took to it a lot more naturally. Um, and I haven't, haven't put it down since. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is so interesting because like, I think we like within our own cultures and like growing up, we like kind of saw the stereotypes of who played trombone, who played percussion and who played that and that. But like, have we actually sat down and like thought about what would happen with that, the idea of gender roles and choosing instruments as time goes, because especially as students are having more access to resources and families, people who are having kids now are, you know, there are lots of, we can see like same, like, just so much actual diversity within families now within schools, which I think is a very new thing. So having students who come in maybe to band class or any art, you know, whatever classes, and they don't actually have those typical stereotypical like gender roles that maybe we all grow up with. Do we think we're going to see a difference in like who actually picks? Maybe it's all girl tuba sections, right? And like all guy mm-hmm. flute sections. And like, you, like, I have never thought about that. But you said that and I was like, oh my gosh, like, are we already seeing that? Like, I know a lot of us work with students. Like, is that something we're seeing? Is that something that we think we're gonna see more? Or do we think because it's such a fundamental and like very, that's a developmental period in lives when, you know, we picked our instruments and are we thinking about it then? Or are we still just like learning? Like, I don't know, this is just such an interesting concept. Um, A dissertation topic, maybe, question mark? Oh yeah. Um, well, I, I think, I mean, actually, as, as you were saying that, I was reminded of a, a friend of mine. Um, uh, some of you may know her, Natalie Mejia, um, trumpet player graduate, actually from the Crane School of Music. And I think she was telling me, um, I think her, maybe it was her, uh, when she was teaching up here at a, a school in Potsdam, I think her whole section was, uh, she had a whole section of, of girls playing the trumpet. Um, and it was like, not by, it was just like, that's just how it was. And I was like, that is really, really cool. Um, so I, I definitely think it's it's, it's changing, um, mm-hmm. you know, albeit not 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 fast enough. But um, God, I, I hope it changes in sometime soon. And and I'm really, um, you know, that's my mission too is is to help uh, change this stuff with the you know International Pride Orchestra. Um, my work with ITG, um, I think it's just you know, uh, you can't 
sit back and, and just hope for it to get better. You know, someone's got to someone's got to be up there to, to help fight. So if it means that I have to wear pumps on stage, then so be it. But <laughs> that's how I fight back. Well, I will say this. I was talking. I don't know if I was talking with y'all at lunch this past year. I was like, now, if we let these straights at Midwest have a gay bar crawl and we can't at ITG, that is disappointing. That is really embarrassing because I know some of these queens up in ITG and there are some major queens and we don't let them out gay us for this gay bar crawl. I was so disrespected when I went to Minnesota this year. Mm -mm. Wait, so there was a bar crawl? There was no, there a wasn't. straight bar crawl? Girl, they, you know, they full of straights. Well, you know, and, and that brings it to a question of, you know, representation that that we were talking about earlier of how these organizations is from the straight perspective, um, whether it is ITG, whether that is Midwest, um, but there's a sense of you have to be this very masculine presenting, even for gay people um, or people of the LGBTQ uh, community have to present as masculine. Even if you are uh, a, a woman or anything, it's like if you have any feminine traits, you are looked less than. So what What are your um, thoughts on on that presenting masculine trait that I think we all have to kind of deal with in this arena of musician? If you want to be a musician, absolutely. Um, and yeah, as it pertains to the trumpet, I think it's um, it's it's hard. It's it's hard to exist in the trumpet world um, and express any amount of femininity um it's just uh it's uh you know last summer with the international pride orchestra um i think was the first time a lot of us had realized we were like holy shit we've been holding all this thing we've been holding all this back um and um just to 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 be in a well to be in a section but also to be in an orchestra to be in a brass section and uh, you know um to to be able to let my guard down and not have to worry about code switching or anything like that and to just be and there was this really weird like the first remember the first day of rehearsals um the first hour it was it was so strange because i think everyone was kind of like is is this is this okay is this almost like is this too good to be true everyone was guarded for for a little while um and we started cracking some jokes and then the floodgates kind of opened and then everyone just like went dove head first into the expression self-expression and um, it, traditionally, that's just it's not something that is, um, I'll say, allowed. I mean, it's just it's not something, you know, there's a lot of uh, straight masculine men that, that, that run the trumpet world. Um, and I, you know, don't feel comfortable at all. I'll say it, I don't feel necessarily safe being, um, being my true self. And, and that, that orchestra, the International Pride Orchestra, was the first time. And, and it, was a, it was an aha moment for myself and for many other people in the group. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and expressing femininity in, in, in the field of trumpet. Um, I mean, I, I could go on and on, but there's, um, it's, it's something I've been thinking about. There's not a lot of feminine gay representation. I mean, if we look at the people in major orchestras and, 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 and who they are, I mean, there's, there's actually plenty of, of, of lesbian women um, that are, uh, you know, that is very prominent, but there's, there is a, a there is a, you know, a, a masculinity that a lot of people 
um, need to, or feel they need to, I should say, um, to to abide by in order to get by in this field. And it's just so, um, I didn't realize how, how much it had affected me until until that experience last summer. And I was like, okay, I'm, I never want to go back to this ever again. Um, Cause also it's just, it's so much more fun. Oh my God. Oh yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> so was the International Pride Orchestra after ITG? Yeah. Did you hear about, did y'all, did, uh, so Lauren, Anthony, everybody in the podcast. So one kind of little backlash that kind of happened at ITG, I don't know if uh, Luke was keen on this, was Jean Lorenz played Fancy Brilliante and a children's book was narrated during it, but it was about like same-sex love. Mm. And while it's all cute and she just killed it, like came out there and dropped the mic, there was backlash about first of all the book but then there was these inappropriate comments made like did she deserve to be on that stage next to like tom hooten and other people and i'm like first of all there's too many of the other people we need more of the genes we need more of these people up here like when you look at the lineup and you see gene was one of the only women as a she was the only woman that night on on the as a big soloist on the big soloist night right like there Yep. So like, but the fact that she did it with a same sex uh, children's book and was narrated, that caused a huge whiplash. So I'm glad that you had the experience after that to go to International Pride Orchestra and go, ah, oh my God. Yeah. And and it was about like gay bunnies, wasn't it? I wasn't at that performance, but it wasn't even about gay people, but gay bunnies. And what? some, you know, some of the, the straight dudes that were like, oh, this is bad. Get out of this. It's like, fuck off. Sorry. <laughs> so, so tired but uh you know uh, say what you will about about that i i do feel like that there is there is there's the right motion forward um and you know yeah. jason bergman i think did um you know a, a great he's a very gracious person um he just he knows how to listen to people which is um a skill that i think you know a lot of people need to have but um he was the um, outgoing president, the, the the new president of ITG is Ryan Gardner, a gay man. Um, so, and he's been so supportive. I've been talking to him a lot, and we're actually uh, looking at having some social events um, next summer. Um, <laughs> not, not that kind of social. <laughs> You're not invited. Um, <laughs> family friendly, yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's it's heading in in the right direction, yeah. but um, but there is still, God, there's so much work to do, and, and and these people, you know, whether we like it or not, are part of our community mm-hmm. as as trumpet players, whether we like it or not, and that's the, you know, that's the cold hard truth, unfortunately. It was so funny because actually last year I went to my I went with Michael to ITG or this or earlier this summer I should say rather God it's been a long year. I know. Um, <laughs> it was so funny because like I had my um, my flute bag on me, but it, it you can't really tell it's a flute bag when I have it on. Or no, actually that's a lie. I had just my book bag. I just had yeah, I had my book bag. My flute was in it, so it just looked like I was someone attending the conference with Michael and it was so funny because I could tell people saw me and was like, who is this person? And it was so funny because at first I was like, why is this happening? Why, like I'm used to it, but like to this extent, I haven't had that happen like in a while. And I was like, oh my gosh, 
I'm a black woman in ITG right now. <laughs> Everyone is like, who is this person? You're like, what am I doing here? I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and I just, it just, that was such a, it was a weird feeling because it was either like, and I didn't have a badge on or anything. I, we had like, I had a, like a guest or artist pass, but um, I also didn't want to have a name tag on because I would see people searching for a name tag to be like, just, you know what I mean? Like, who is this person? I need to look them up. And I was like, nope, nope, you can't know who I am. <laughs> but it was just such a weird thing because I was like, is there really such a, a small amount, amount of black female trumpet players in the community at all that you're just kind of like, is this one of the three that I know or one of the one that I know? Is this the one person that I know? Um, and I don't know, it's just such a, it was such a heavy masculine energy around the room that I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, I kind of miss NFA now, like, which is weird that I'm saying that. But it, I mean, it tr truly was very odd. Trumpet culture is interesting, um, to say the least. But what you said, I want to go back for a moment to the idea of vulnerability in ensemble playing, mm -hmm. because this is something that we've talked about before that I don't I don't think sometimes even ensemble directors understand what they're asking of their students or the people they're leading when they say we have to make mu when you're making music together to be the your best self in that environment you have to be vulnerable but how many people are actually vulnerable within ensemble settings it's a very small number cuz it's not even just the director. Maybe you have your you have an amazing relationship with the director, the conductor, but there's someone, one person in the ensemble who just makes you, the the hair on the back of your neck. You have a you know you're anytime you talk you beef. There's just something about it where you there's a wall somewhere inside of you that will not come down, and so to offer a space for people to come and have the possibility of going, oh my god, can we? is it safe? Like, can we come out? Can we actually like experience this together? I, I just can't imagine what that felt like being there, maybe even for the first time or whenever it is the first time for someone being there, what that experience experience is like, cause it's so rare, I think. And, um, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, what was, um, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this, uh, particular, what was so interesting, and I think what is so unique about this group is that it's, um, you have people from all, all different levels of, you know, career, you have, you have students, um, you, you have maybe people who had played uh, a lot in their youth and, and uh, maybe have another job, um, but they still keep up on their instruments when they're playing. So they're not, you know, quote, a professional. Um, they're not, you know, they're not a gigging musician, but they're, they're still playing at a very high level. And then you have, you know, people like Ethan Bensdorf and Sasha Romero, uh, playing in this group, and it was—it's um, it, like there were no hierarchies, which was so cool. And I've never seen another orchestra like that. Yeah, you have side by sides and all that shit, but that you know there are hierarchies there. So, um, but the thing was, is um, even even for those people that that you know are full-time orchestral musicians, I heard from many of them saying that this was this is the first time that I felt truly you know that I'm able to be myself or or. Um, uh, you know, this is the most fun that I've ever had in an orchestra. I think, um, you know, at, at every level, it was a novel idea for every person in that room, um, which is 
I mean, you could look at it in different ways. You, you could say, wow, how special is this? Or also, how sad is this that this is the first time? But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, in, in order to be vulnerable, um, I mean, well, there, there can be so many variables that, that, that uh, make someone feel safe or not in an orchestra. Um, and this was one, I think, particular area being safe, being, you know, being queer. Um, you know, we could have just as easily had a, a, a queer conductor that was just an asshole, too. And that, would, <laughs> that, that wouldn't have <laughs> done much. So we, we were very fortunate to have all the conductors were just wonderful. And they were all the right fit. They were all on board for that mission. Yeah. It's something powerful um, when you are around like minded and, and like people. Um, I was just at a conducting symposium um, over the weekend and it got to the point, you know, how we always go out to a bar, you know, the reception. And it's just funny, the the three gays, we all congregated together and we're sitting here, you know, talking all the shit and just laughing and kicking. Of course, drag race comes up and, and you know, we're just talking. And it's just, it, to me, it was funny because you see the straights looking like what are, are they talking a different language what, what, you know, <laughs> what is this and it's like well exactly this is how you are on a scale this is how much this little part is maximized when the roles are reversed how we have to come into a majority space by y'all and we're like what the hell are you talking about or how thank I, you I, oh my god so you get to see just on a little scale what that is, what that is like. And so I know for when you got to the Pride Orchestra and y'all can make the same catty jokes and be like, oh my gosh, we understood. Or, you know, for, and it goes to the rehearsal process. The conductor could say something. You're like, oh, got it. Um, y'all are just a little sharp, you know, sharp, sharp as a good old stiletto. Oop, we really sharp. Then. We need to go ahead and lower that, lower it down. But see, you know, it's about being that kind of level of comfortable, um, having a comfortability within that. And uh, can you just talk about the inception of this? Like, where did the Pride Orchestra come from? Where was the, or when did you decide that there was a need, you and the others that created this organization? Yeah, um, that is so true. Um, it just when you were talking about that, it just made me think about all the times it's like, you know, I'm in straight sections and they're talking about golf and football, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Or you know, oh even worse, it's it's the dudes talking, you know, in in completely vulgar ways about women and stuff, and I'm like, I, ugh. Not no. Michael aligning with a straight. Let's, let's, okay, pause. It's time <laughs> to talk, Michael, on another episode of Relative Pitch. Um, <laughs> Michael is really great. Like Michael can go a long time with straight passing. If you just talk to him about football, golf, or something like this. And usually what happens is me and Michael are next to each other. And I feel like I'm the gayest person in the room. Like, and I know I am because Michael is like really just letting these people talk and he's talking back. I'm like, Michael, we're supposed to be a team here. We're supposed to be on the same page. And now I'm about I sometimes don't catch them. Like, I just learned two days ago what friend of Dorothy was. Hmm. <laughs> the, the Luke Spence look was, he was like, bless your heart. 
<laughs> I really do, I do love football. That is a very big passion of mine. Golf is he, neither here nor there. I mean, but we can tell by my fat. I wear dry fit polos. That should tell you everything about my personality. You should be able to talk about golf or football in a gay way, right? I do. With your gay friends. Go <laughs> to the gay sports bar. Okay. So talk about their butts or something. I don't know. <laughs> a that's a real thinking idea. Hmm. That, I mean, look now, that's what I do. So whenever I'm in spaces where uh, people are talking about sports, I'm like, yeah, I saw their jock straps and this one was wearing that one and this is wearing that <laughs> one or baseball. I love baseball players. Okay. And then it's always funny because then they get uncomfortable and I'm like, well, that's how you were making me that's feel. That's how you make me feel every fucking day. Yes. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So, you're welcome. You're welcome. I am sorry. <laughs> Apologize okay, for let's let's go back to uh you you had I didn't want to get too far off topic, but I, I had I had to mention that. So uh you wanted to know about the in inception of, of yeah, the orchestra. Yeah. Um and uh so a really good friend of mine, dear friend of mine, uh, Mike Roost, um, who is a recovering tuba player. Um he <laughs> he uh, I met him at Oberlin. He was uh, the brass ensemble director and the uh orchestral librarian um at the time. Uh, now he works at the San Francisco Conservatory, but um, we we kept in touch. We just you know we really hit it off, um, and he he's always been um, someone who was very community oriented, um, and and is is always thinking about service. Um, there was a, a event that we would do every year at Oberlin called Empty Mugs, um, and it was a it was a big brass concert, um, but he was also into, into pottery. So he was in the Oberlin Pottery Co-op. And so he got all these potters together and they created a bunch of mugs and he brought in all the local businesses, the local coffee shop donated um, like hot chocolate. Um, and they had, you know, the bakery would bring in food and stuff and it would bring everyone together at, at the you know the church in town um, for a brass concert. And then they would auction off the mugs and all of the proceeds would go to Oberlin Community Services. So it was it was a it was a grassroots thing, just helping helping out the town. And for so many people involved, um, and we were playing you know music at a very high level. So for so many people involved, including myself, it's, uh, one of our favorite memories. Um, and and frankly, one of the only times that we actually interacted with the community um, and went outside of our space into the community. So he's, uh, I mean. Uh, I just admire so much about him. Um, so when he he came up with this idea, and uh, you know he ran it by me and, and and asked if I wanted to join the board, and of course I was like Abso absolutely, um, uh, yeah, felt very honored that, that that he trusted me with that and that wanted my perspective. So I joined the board, and um, you know the rest was history. So this this happened. I mean over a year ago and the fact the fact that we were able to to get everything together um and and have a concert to present um you know in less than a year's time was was pretty remarkable um so yeah we're, we're just we're, we're super thrilled with, with what's going to happen in the future but um he uh kind of going off on, on a tangent but I, so another thing that i just really respect about him and, and we had a conversation a few months ago. And this was in regards to my recital that I'm giving. Wouldn't that be queer recital? It was sort of a similar thing. I, I wanted to do something that was meaningful uh, to myself, to the community. I wasn't sure if it was going to work. 
uh, how it how it was you know how it was going to play out. Um, but when I said you know said that I wanted to do this through through IPO, um, you know he was like, well, yeah, of course, of course you got to do this. You're an Obi. Um, we uh, he was like, that's what we do. We don't we don't sit around. We don't wait for someone else to do it. We have an idea and we do it and we follow through. Um, and um, I, I don't think that's unique to being necessarily an Obi. I think that's you know. Um, I think that's what the best artists do. We, we don't we don't sit around and wait for someone else to do it. Um, so that's what he did with IPO, um, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Um, yeah, I love the fact that service was like part of the foundation of what you all are doing because obviously, I mean, in in community, right? But I feel like those two things go very hand in hand because um, you can't you can't service means others right it means the people the co a collective right um is is service something that international pride like orchestra is that something that you want to be a a pillar of what you do and, and does that mean that is that outside of music as well like are there other things that um you're looking forward to or partnerships that you're considering um that are outside of like maybe even just music yeah um and uh, uh you know one, one of the main parts of our mission at, at ipo is that that we are we hope to bring together a you know a worldwide coalition of, of queer um and you know and allies for that matter but but people who see themselves as as musicians and and activists humanitarians um it's all volunteer service so everyone it's um you know some people get uh, you know there's the whole it's it's not necessarily pay to play um, but it, it's, 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 and, and we have resources absolutely to help people get there because if someone wants to contribute, if someone wants to serve, we want to have the resources to make sure that anyone who wants to can do that. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a service organization. So we partner with a, every year it's going to be in a different city and we partner, we find an organization in that city, in the host city that we want to support. So last summer was Lyric, um, which is one of the nations, uh, I think it was, if not the first, one of the first, and it's the largest uh, center for LGBTQIA plus uh, youth. And so we partnered with them and they're based in San Francisco and we raised, you know, uh, a ton of money for them. And um, that, that's, that, that's the whole point is, is to go somewhere and then make an impact in that, in that area. It's not just somewhere to like go and be gay and celebrate being, you know, that, there's part of that too, but um, we got to do that. But we, it's, it's about service. It's about, um, you know, protecting your community and, and, and helping your community thrive. So we're just, uh, we're excited to see where we get to bring this in the future. Obviously we're first starting, so we're kind of hitting the major cities, but there's a lot of places that need this. Um, and we can't wait to help those people out. Yeah. Uh, Cause they're, you know, there are siblings. This needs to come to Atlanta. I'm just going to yes! <laughs> throwing it out there. Atlanta would be great. Um, and I, I mean, I would love to to be in the audience and enjoy um, all the beautiful uh, collaborations and just seeing representation on the stage um, of a lot of things that in our community as musicians, we have been told we cannot be a certain way. Um, and for anybody that is listening to the podcast, go um, Google and we'll link down below the International Proud Orchestra website and, and watch some of their videos. 
um, because you will see exactly what we're talking about. Everyone comes in their true authentic self. And that is something to to just applaud that there is a space for this. And, and I just think it's so beautiful. So thank you. Um, and thank the entire board and everyone that is involved into that for, for creating this space. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. We're not we're not going anywhere. We you know we just got started and, and we're gonna we're gonna take the world by storm. But yeah. and another thing is you know so many people think of well you know may like to think that 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 our field is is such a op. Oh, there's so many gays that do this. It's so you know it's so accepting. It's like you know well no, it's not. Um, <laughs> like what do you mean they're everywhere? Yeah, but. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a really, really important thing. Really, really passionate about it. Well, it was just like, for me, um, just like watching it, like on via Instagram that weekend, I was like on y'all stories and it was crazy. Like they were voguing at one time, uh, to some string melodies while the brass were that usually in regular orchestras were on our phones in their orchestra, they were voguing. So they they said, they said, let's take advantage of this good beat. But it was just so fun for me just to look at an orchestra and be like, wow, they really filled out an entire orchestra. Like That is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, just like the sheer numbers of seeing that, of being like, okay, you can't have a full trumpet section, a full trombone section, like the violas, like even we love them, but. Mm, violas um but you know what i mean like it was just like for me a, a numbers game kind of it's just like oh you can fill out a whole orchestra and it sounds more than phenomenal like y'all's trike four like did y'all do trike four oh we did yeah no we didn't i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> actually, no actually no michael we didn't um <laughs> What if? Yeah. Um, yeah, the third third movement um, of of Jai Four, the Pizzagampia, and I just look over and like low brass, they're they're voguing. I look behind me, percussion's voguing, and the conductor's like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. It's like it, I'd normally say no, and so many there were so many things like that where it's like normally this would be like, eh, but actually, yeah, do it. Um, yeah. It was yeah, really really cool. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Can you also talk a little bit about your touring recital um, and the title alone, which I, I'm going to let you speak about. The title alone will probably uh, have some people questioning what this is. So can you speak? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have questioned and, and will continue to question. I'm like, you know what, if I can educate you. You can question it all you want. Um, I remember when I first gave this recital last last summer, um, uh, I remember actually it was during ITG, and I was with the Shires people. I remember there was someone commenting on on the, the social media posts, like, well, you know, what the why do we need this? What's this all about? They were they were very very um, uh, gracious. They were just they were very thoughtful in in their responses. So I have to give a good uh, shout out to Shires. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing, you know, the, the organizations that I choose to partner myself with, I want to make sure that they're, you know, uh, that they have the values that, that I also, that I also share. Um, fuck, what was your question? <laughs> oh, the recital. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I love um, it. Wouldn't that be queer? So the, the name of the recital, that's right. There we are. Ooh. Wouldn't that be queer? 
um, is the name of an Amy Beach song. And that's, um, that's the first song on the recital. Most of it is, is vocal music. Um, and I'm uh, doing transcriptions, so there I actually have a projector screen and I have the text uh, in real time so everyone knows what the hell I'm, I'm playing on about. And uh, the, first, the first song is Wouldn't That Be Queer? Um, and it's, it has nothing to do with queerness in the, in, the, in the sense that we know it now, sort of in the, in the old, uh, old sense of uh, strange or, or just you know, uh, odd out of the ordinary. Um, and it's sort of a, the recital is sort of a play on that. I mean, there's the, you know, the name of the, the song, which is eye-catching in and of itself. Um, but my thought was, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't that be queer if I took works that are not explicitly about the queer experience and, and made it so? Um, so the whole recital is, is made in, in that regard. So I start with that piece. The second um, set that I do is a, is a song cycle by Grieg called Hauptusa. Uh, which translates to the the maiden of the mountain, and it's a beautiful, just beautiful music. Um, but um, it's about uh, this uh, young girl who lives in the mountains and falls in love with this shepherd boy who you know who who breaks her heart. Um, so, but instead, I just I, I changed the pronouns in the text, and it made it about two two young women who fall in love. Um, uh, she still gets her heart broken, but you know everyone does. And, uh, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's, it's a human experience, but my, my whole point, um, and I, I talk about this, there's a lot of talking recital and, um, I'm like, well, well, why the hell not? I mean, take any other song that, you know, from that, from most time periods. I mean, granted, there's a lot of stuff being written today. I mean, so much stuff from, from the queer perspective. And that's, I think a future project that I would, that I would love to, uh, to, to do. But so for the nature of this project was stuff that wasn't, about the queer experience. Um, yeah, take any song about love or heartbreak or this or that. And it's, it's all about heteronormative love, heteronormative heartbreak and beauty and all that. It's, it's you know, it's, it's just, it's not something that we can uh, relate to. Not saying that we can't relate to it if it's not directly about us, but why not? You know, why not make something that, that, is, that I can relate to on a personal level? Because y'all get this all the time. Um, so I do that and then, um, the second half of the recital is it's a lot more personal. It's, it's, it's almost autobiographical in nature. Um, but I, I wanted to create sort of my own song cycle. Um, so I, I took bits and pieces from different works and I sort of weaved them together to, to tell a coming of age narrative, um, starting from childhood all the way through um, adulthood, through falling in love. Um, and in there, I, I talk about a lot of, um, a lot of personal um personal details but, but personal experiences from from my you know upbringing as a, as a as a as a queer person um the first song that i do in the second half well it's not a song it's, it's the only piece that's written for trumpet and it's by dorothy gates um and it's called uh it's from uh, her work unseen things and the first song is called child soul um which i actually heard uh earlier you know, when it was two summers ago at, at iwbc and i said i have to play this i have to play it was on a new works recital um, and then I have a, a few tunes by Libby Larson, um, and her, yeah, her, uh, song cycle, Love After 1950 is just gorgeous. And the poetry that she pairs it with is just, it's out of this world. Um, it's, it's so stunning and so evocative and, and the way that she sets her text is, um, I haven't found another composer that does that on, on that, um, compelling of a level it's just it's really cool so get it if you, if you get a chance listen to that cycle 
Um, it's really neat. But I, I do three songs from that cycle. One is called uh, Boys Lips. Um, and it's about, um, you know, this group of girls that are, you know, huddling behind uh, grandmother's porch in, in the in the tickling grasses. And, and you know, one whispered to the other, a boy's lips are soft as baby's skin. And um, it's, it's, it's just, a, you know, it talks about happening on a warm summer night. The imagery is just, it's phenomenal, but it really brings you into this, um, into this space that, that is really about um, curiosity. Um, it's about uh, sexual awakening. Um, and, it, you know, it's very clear. And, and I talk about, you know, being a queer person. So many of us are robbed of that experience as a child. Um, I talk about my experience, you know, um, never able to talk about that with, with the boys growing up. Because they're all talking about girls and there's just, you know, um, so, so many of us, um, you know, wh wherever you fall on that spectrum, um, uh, you know, are, are, are robbed of that experience. Mm -hmm. um, then we go to this song called um, Big Sister Says, and it's um, each one of these, these tunes is, um, so there's the text, but then there's, there's a certain genre associated with it. So the first one, Boy's Lips, is associated with the blues genre. It's very, very jazzy, very sensual. Um, the second one, Big Sister Says, is all about how beauty hurts. Um, you know, the razor blades and, you know, the tweezing and, you know, pressing the eyelashes. It's very, um, you know, it's, uh, you can, you can feel the pain and that is uh, overlaid on top of the, it's a honky talk, um, sort of this Jerry Lee Lewis type, you know, raucous piano stuff. It's, it's really fun. Um, but it's all about, you know, how, how beauty hurts. And, and I, you know, the way I relate that to the queer experience is, um, well, something that I think every person um, understands it's 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 the the shit that we do to ourselves in order to appear beautiful yeah. ultimately so that we can be loved mm -hmm. that's i mean that's that's why so many of us do it and we this pressure that that's put on us um and so i know that that exists on you know and uh, you know that's sort of a universal thing um but certainly you know uh, can relate to that in in, in queer culture and then the third song from that cycle is called Blonde Man. And this one I just adore. Um, and it's, uh, it's a torch song. And it, it, the, the speaker is talking about how she hates blonde men. She's like, I think I ought to warn you that I hate blonde men before I break your heart. The gold of their eyelashes and, and the blue of their eyes. It's like a, a deep pool of water and it's like rainbows and, and you know she's clearly infatuated and and yeah. the last line of that is um the shock of a bright blonde head uh oh fuck what is it <laughs> the shock of a bright blonde bed bright blonde head slanting above me against the the covers of my dark blue duvet so um it's just, that was just about good old-fashioned sex and lust and i love it um, and that's, it's a very, you know, it's kind of a, I, I like to joke around with my audience. I'm like, I don't think I need to explain to anyone why, I, why I find this one relatable. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then we move on to the, the final song on the recital, the forgetting one. No, what final song, which is called the Metropolitan Tower by Lori Leighton. Excuse me. And, um, yeah, another great song composer. And, um, and it's, it's a very simple uh, a beautiful melody, but it's about falling in love for the first time. Um, so I sort of take this, you know, this arc from childhood through sexual awakening, struggling with beauty and, uh, uh, you know, 
having sex and all that stuff and then and then falling in love um but i didn't want it to be so you know kind of quintessential like like love from a partner is the end all be all so i talk about um obviously that's important you know if, if that is important to you um but I, I take a time i take the time to really talk about self-love um and falling in love with yourself not in a narcissistic way but in a, in a healthy way um and i think that that is something um you know to, to, to quote rupaul if you can't love yourself how the hell are you going to love someone else can i get an amen um <laughs> But it's really true, and it's, it's such a big part, uh, I think, of, of, of the queer experience um, for, for many people um, that, that we, we, have to, we have to get to that point where you, where you have to fall in love with yourself, um, in, again, in a healthy way. And, and that enables other beautiful relationships to, to, to happen. But anyway, so that's, that's sort of the gist of, of the recital. Um, and I really, I just, uh, you know, put so much of myself into it. And I just, I just wanted to share that with other people um, and just play music that I love. Cause I'm tired of trumpet music people. I'm tired of it. Rotted. I love. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, Michael. Do you also love trumpet music? I know you love football and golf. So. <laughs> Reed. Reed. Not because I always want to pay you a compliment. You know what? I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I was in attendance. You should, if you see it near you, please go. Please interact. Please, in your mind, go through the journey. Well, because like, okay, I'll be real honest, real quick. Because Anthony knows this, Lauren knows this. I hate the shows Love Victor and Love Simon. And the reason why either of them. Okay, you might like them. I they're too nice for me and too sweet. Was for that me. a read? Yeah. Uh, the library, oh, sure like the library <laughs> maybe is fundamental. <laughs> Anyways, because they're too sweet and it happens too like easy for me, and at least my experience and what I grew up in. And so, like your recital in my head made more sense because like some people had the chance to fill his boys' lips, some people did not until they were like 40 or 38, or in the profession, finally have a full-time career okay, let me start living my life now. So like the, the things like Love, Simon and Love, Victor for me, I love watching them. They're so sweet. But like, I'm also like, that is slightly unrealistic to some people. And to others, it is realistic. But the narrative of like the heteronormative people have grasped to Love, Simon and Love, Victor. And like the me and the old gays, we grasp to like Queer's Folk <laughs> and the L word. Right. And so Where's the struggle? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So anyways, I love the recital. If it is near you, please check it out because it is a fun event and you get to see a little cornet and, you know, people don't be seeing the cornet sometimes. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. Most of it's, it's done. And I, there's one piece that the, the, the um, big sister says that the, the honky tonk when I played that on a, a C trumpet, but the rest of it is, is all on cornet, um, which is just the, you know, it's the vocal equivalent of the trumpet. And I, I just think it sounds better, but um, yeah, thank you. And, and unfortunately, I just announced that, that I'm supposed to do this recital. Well, we're supposed to do it on Tuesday at, at the University of Maryland, November 21st. Uh, but they canceled classes, um, so we had to cancel the recital. But there'll it'll be postponed, um, and we may actually uh, add a couple more performances in the spring. So I just I want more people to see it because yes. I, you know, not, not, I try not to. I'm getting better at talking to myself in a, in a positive way, but I, I think I think this is something that people 
uh, need to see. Um, you know, not not to brag, but I just I, I don't I don't see anyone else doing this. I don't see anyone else putting this message out. Um, and 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 doing what I do on 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 the trumpet. Um, I think you know we we especially trumpet players. Oh my god! And that's why ITG. I'm like, well, oh, sometimes we go talk to a flute player. You know, go go talk to Lauren when she shows up and she's like, oh god, why am I here? Because we need to get out of our bubble. We 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 need to look beyond ourselves. That's why I do all this vocal music too. It's just when you when you get too narrow minded about anything, right? And when you get too narrow minded, you're you're losing out on so much. So much. Mm-hmm. So um I try to bring so many different, you know, the vocal music, um, the text, you know, the translations being projected, ex- you know, uh trying to to talk about the queer experience. Um and then also uh, this is something that I mentioned in the recital. Um, the majority of the, the composers there are women, um, and it uh, it was it was no accident that way. Um, uh, one, you know, the purpose. I mean, that's sort of my mission in life is just, just just to to make sure that the voices that need to be heard are heard. Um, but also from a queer perspective, um, and I, I know this, I know a lot of people can relate, especially queer men. Um, that that women are are very often are the first people that we can trust, the first people that um, see us for who we are, maybe before we even know it ourselves. Um, but the people who stand up for us, um, I mean, you know, this is so. This a lot of this is. Um, I, I say in my recital, this is this is my love letter to women, which is perhaps the straightest thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> but it's it's true. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's 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 a celebration of, of of so many things um yeah i hope i hope more people get to see it i just love i mean this conversation has been about vulnerability it's been about individuality it's been about community it's been about how to be genuine in who you are and i just love that first of all we're having more and more of these conversations but also we're seeing more of this actually within like like we're getting to see this we're actually getting to see performances recitals concerts that embody these values and we have students who are growing up and they're able to see you and you absolutely should talk to to the amazing work that you're doing and it's not a brag and if it is who cares like it's yeah like speak it up like speak it up because more people need to hear about it and i try to as much as i can advocate for when i'm like this is a composer you have to listen to this is a performer an artist you need to listen to and that's what we try to do here with relative pitch um is to bring our like just find more of you find more of dr luke spence if you're nasty um so that yes and be nasty yeah and be nasty about it because it's just amazing and i i'm so thankful and so grateful that people like you exist in this world and we're so lucky um and the trumpet community and the music community and the arts community at large is just so lucky to have you as like a part of the community um because the type of work you're doing is going to inspire so many people to be more of themselves and be genuine right hello all of us all of our listeners we hope have like 
felt something that you're like, wait a minute, I haven't been doing this and I want to do more of this or it's something just triggered me. So thank you so much for, for sharing all of that because it really truly has, it's Aww. changed me. So thank you. Oh my God, thank you. That, that, that's so sweet. And yeah, I, I hope to, I, I, I just want to inspire people. And, I, you know, I'm getting to a point in, in my life. I mean, I'm so old, right? but I'm, I'm getting to a point and I'm like, I, I don't want to do stuff that I don't want to do. I want, I want it to be meaningful. I want to inspire people. I want to make change. God, I'm so tired of the Kenan Sonata. Ugh, like. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you, but yeah, I, I, I think. Could you not say the Halsey Stevens? Like literally any other sonata. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say before Michael so rudely interrupted? Oh, oh what was I going to say? No, it was like, going to be so good and so profound and you ruined it. You're talking about change and how you're just so happy that change, like you, you just so you don't, you're happy that you're, I think you're getting the opportunity and you're at the point of your life where you want to do more of that, you know? Yes. And, um, you know, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've loved teaching. I mean, I, I do. And um, I just, I feel like I fall in love with it even more every day. Um, and I really think about um, what, what I want my students to see. Um, and I, I want to be, you know, I know it's cliche, be the change. I, I, I want to be the person that, that my students see that and they're like, oh, I can do this, you know? Um, uh, and and for, I, I'm not interested in anything else. <laughs> I'm really not um, as, as an artist. And um, I hope to inspire more people to do that, um, whatever it is for that, for that person. Um, I'll give a, a quick shout out. My um, my grad student, uh, Olivia Montano, just gave a recital this evening. We had four recitals this weekend. Um, but she gave a recital and it was about the five stages of grief. Mm. Um, right. I mean, when she she came to me with that idea, I was like, and she's like, no, this is stupid. It's like, oh, my God, no, this is like, Beautiful. this is the stuff that, that yeah. we need to do more of. Um, because that's that's something we can all you know, relate to. And it's not the Halsey Stevens, right, Michael? Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's art right there yeah. in and of itself. Just, just that theme and bringing that on the stage. Um, and then having the vulnerability to be able to talk about that on, on stage. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just um, really, really cool. So I, yeah, want to, want to keep inspiring more people to do that stuff. So. What well, I, oh, Anthony? what I love about this entire conversation is the the um, space to be unapologetically you and authentically you. And I, I've always said that is what inspires, you know, the great thinkers and the, and the great artists is when you unlock that that true self, that is when the, the best things will happen. And I, and I love how you are walking into your your authentic truth and you are inspiring anyone and everyone that comes into your path. So just thank you so much for coming on to Relative Pitch to and continue to inspire us as we have now, our paths have crossed and I know our audience members will enjoy uh, this just as much. Oh, we're gonna be, we're gonna be good friends. Y'all are beautiful people. 
<laughs> yeah. Party. Even you, Michael. Even you. I know I give you a hard time. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it. You can take it. Very well. You fit in very well on um, relative pitch because Michael yes. will always be. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. always got a library <laughs> open for. Apparently, I'm. I am the work in progress. I didn't get that memo. The watermark is not on my screen. It's on y'all's. So. <laughs> we love you. We love you. But thank you so much for joining. I know I randomly texted you one day. I said. Hey, uh, we have a free Sunday coming up and we need a guest. And you were like, yes, like almost instantaneously without even asking. And it's just so welcoming to hear you talk and hear you just explain things. And it was great seeing you on Instagram for the first time, like two years ago. And I was like, that's serving. Okay, let me follow. And then like the playing is also serving. I said, okay, so I need to be like that. So thank you so much for sharing who you are and for unapologetically living your life so others can be inspired to do the same. And thank you all for watching another episode of Relative Pitch. It's amazing. It's awesome. Now Dr. Luke Spence, because we are all nasty, um, has joined our village. And so we have to follow him and we have to support him through all of his endeavors. That means just liking, sharing, subscribing, sharing one of your friends. Tell one of your friends about his mission because it probably will help them. And it will probably come at a time where they really need it. So thank you again for a wonderful conversation. And we will see you all next time. Thank you, guys.